Hello, welcome to Unleash Cast. This is our second Future of Work Focus. Uh, you might notice that it's not John introducing it today. It's me, Ali Navra. I am a senior journalist here at Unleash and also the talent and recruitment lead. I'm joined by my colleague, Dan, who is also a senior journalist and who kind of heads up our HR tech and transformation pillar. How are you Hello. doing today, Dan? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm good, I'm good. We're enjoying being in the office today, getting out in sunny but cold London. So yeah, the first piece we wanted to talk about, I think, was this one you wrote earlier this week, Dan, with BT. Do you want to tell me about the kind of gist of the story and what kind of was the most interesting bits? Yeah, I'll do a quick synopsis. Uh, So we were really lucky, Mark Murphy, Director of HR and Technology over BT, said he'd catch up with us about Elastic Teams, really on the back of a deal they did with Distributed. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not an acquisition, but they've merged the company as part of their digital startup amplifier. Um, and I was kind of like, oh, well, I never had BT down as being like really on the pulse with mm. you know these like kind of new ways of new ways of working in terms of technology. You know, it's usually in house with companies like that. And he said, no. Nope. This is the way we're doing it. We can get like freelancers coming in, but we know they're accredited. Mm-hmm. We know they're super good at their jobs and it's flexible for them because they n- might not want the nine to five with BT. Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah, I think, yeah, you're pulling out the freelancers angle. That's also one of the bits I found most interesting about it was that, you know, we have a digital skills crisis. We've written a lot of stories about this. I mean, there's Ooh, a skills yeah. crisis in general, yeah. but particularly in digital and in tech. And maybe freelancers are part of the solution or potentially all of the solution depends on your perspective yeah i think i think you when you look i guess at technology a lot of the work is stuff like sprints Mm -hmm. you know so i guess the the coding aspect in it it's this run-up to release so i think in that respect it's actually really well suited to to freelancers or gig workers or whatever you want to call them i think interestingly it's just a it's a bit of a shift. I think usually companies do it as a setup. Like, I'm gonna put my hands moving around. You won't be able to see it on the podcast, but <laughs> bear with me, guys. Where you have people working around all year, but they'll have a few months of that year where they know things are gonna be really hard and they're gonna to have to work overtime or whatever. I think now maybe you're getting the opportunity for people to say, "I'm ready for this to go. I'll come in for this month for this company and probably." make a good wage off it because it's a valued skill. Exactly. And bring in that kind of innovation, fresh, kind of fresh meat, fresh perspectives that can be hard when you're doing kind of the day-to-day admin, the day-to-day kind of like teams meetings. Whereas actually if you're just coming in for like one project, you're like laser focused on that, get it done and then move on, get your paycheck, move on. Yeah, I think we're all guilty of that as well. The the part of having a, a full-time job is that there's bureaucracy or there's loops that you, you know, uh, loops that you have to jump through. Hoops. Hoops. What loops? <laughs> there we go. But yeah, so I think getting fresh talent in there can really boost the whole team. 100%. I think it was a bit like you said, I think the problem BT probably has is obviously it, it used to be British Telecom. Yeah. It was a you know state-owned, nationalised business. Mm-hmm. Now it is rebranded, completely different style of business, but it probably still has some of that yeah. kind of stereotype, I guess. Well, I, I think it's a weird one for them as well. And I don't want to... This is purely conjecture, so I don't want to <laughs> speak for BT. Yeah. But because of maybe that traditional nationalised... People don't think, oh, it's cutting edge or it's going to... Mm. But it is the biggest phone uh, service provider 
in the UK. So yeah. I think they really do have opportunity. It's maybe even getting people in the door and saying, hey, you liked working through us on this flexible model. Now you can come in, you know, it's yeah. just opening up more avenues to say, look what we're doing. Definitely. It sounds like from your piece as well, they're doing a lot of future of tech, future of connectivity. You know, never has that been more important in the pandemic. If we hadn't had super, mm. super fast fiber optic Wi-Fi, how on earth would any of us have worked from home for the past two years? I know I started spending an extra 20 pounds a month <laughs> just to make sure. And I, I think it's really nice when you finish an interview like this one, uh, go read it, guys. But <laughs> where you, you finish and you go, oh, I'm really interested in what you're doing next. Sounds like you've got loads of cool programs coming up. And my one to watch would be their Amplify program. Mm. Who they're, who they're targeting, why they're you know merging with these companies, bringing them in. I think it's going to be really interesting. Definitely, definitely. Well, kind of, I guess, moving on from BT to a, another tech company, but kind of disrupting the fashion world, is the yeah. piece I did with Farfetch. Give us sort of maybe like an, the hmm. themes from it because it's a really, really good good. Yeah, so Farfetch, for people who don't know, I mean, I didn't really massively know beyond the fact I have some friends that work there. It's kind of like, it's supposed to be a kind of global online marketplace for luxury fashion. So they write a lot about, so they also have an editorial team and they have journalists that work there, which is a very interesting model for a fashion brand. Um, but basically they have been recognised for kind of, embracing flexible work before it was trendy and before it was cool and they were recognized by this company called flexor careers which is a big friend of unleash um as the second best big flexible employer which is a really you know, it's a big it's a big deal like you know they beat out a lot of people including like alliance and a few other kind of ai type companies i can't think of them off the top of my head I think, so basically what I did was I explored in what ways they're flexible, which is interesting. Mm. But I would say the most interesting bit for me was how much they rely on data and employee listening Mm -hmm. and how, yeah, they're flexible now, but how are they going to continue to kind of stay ahead of the game and remain, you know, flexible? Because flexible isn't, flexible working is not one thing. It evolves with time. So how they're going to make sure that their future of work and their current of work Mm -hmm. is going to be as going to be what their employees actually want rather than just oh well this is how we've always done it let's just keep going with this it's like no data 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 that is the way forward yeah i think expectations have really changed just on the back of that and it's mm. pre-pandemic i think people working from home which isn't the full extent of flexibility but even that was a novel concept You're like, oh you can work from home a few <laughs> days a week what what are you doing are you losing money you know are they kind of reducing your pay so it's really interesting now is that that's been broadly accepted. How do you keep going? How do you keep your offering seeming fresh and not like, oh, I can get that elsewhere too. Everywhere right? now, yeah. yeah. I think what's also interesting is the way, I think we, we've written quite a lot of articles about this, but often when people think of flexible working, they think of location. Yeah. Where are you working? It isn't actually just that. It's the hours that you work. Is there a need for you to actually work a nine to five? Mm-hmm. Could you actually just have core hours that everyone works, you know, I don't know, like 11 to 3 or 11 till 2, and that's when all the meetings are. But if people want to start really early or they want to start at 11 and then work till 9 because they've, Mm. they just prefer to do that or they've got kids or they've got caring responsibilities or it just suits their kind of, you know, I had friends that were at university who would start at 5 p.m. and work till 8 a.m. whereas I was doing it the other way around. And, you know, people, 9 to 5 doesn't work for everyone. And there's absolutely no, especially with like a job that we do, mm-hmm. to some extent you could write your feature any time of the day. 
It's funny you say that. For me, my my sort of peak writing times or productivity times is one to three. Obviously, I'm not going to say I only work one to three, although that would be amazing. <laughs> but it is interesting. I think everyone has their own app and flow. So that nine to five just really doesn't work for some people. Yeah, and I think... It's just it's just an interesting one. I think we need to we need to talk a bit a bit a little bit more widely about flexible working, about when you work, not just work. I think it's an interesting one. So yeah, I think the final piece we kind of wanted to talk about was a fun one you wrote actually yesterday, Dan. So we're very on on the ball today. Yeah. Which is about employees working on their holidays or on their vacation for our American audience. Yeah, so before we go into the story, I have my own story, my own personal tale. When I was working for for a startup, I remember I had a bunch of emails from a manager who'd clearly just not realised that I was on holiday, and it was a lot of quite stressful things to do because it was in an international project. I obviously did it as you do, but I do remember thinking while I was on the rest of the holiday, first of all thinking about work because it was mm-hmm. quite early when I was away, and the other was like, oh, I don't feel relaxed, and I don't. And, you know, honestly, I was like, I'm not particularly happy that I've been asked to do it yeah. when I put my out of office on. So I think there's a real negative impact that employers should think about when they essentially ignore the out of office. Um, we can go into a bit more of the stats now in a bit more detail, but I just thought that's a, a personal anecdote where I've been like, actually, on the you know, before writing the story, I was like, I think I get where this is coming from yeah definitely and I think we have written quite a few times as well about boundaries with the working day as well and this is kind of like an extreme boundary isn't it like it's bad enough when you get messages at 10 p.m at night when you're Mm. working that day let alone if you're getting them while you are actually on annual leave which is your you know entitlement as an employee you need time to relax reset yeah, and I think it's really hard to switch off. Mm. I feel like we don't give employers enough credit. So, like, I find the first couple of days when I'm away, it's quite hard not to check my emails mm. anyway. Never mind this expectation, which is what I found really interesting. Although 49% of people saying they're doing at least one hour of work a day while they're on holiday sounds absurd. I think the bigger issue is the it was over half of people's employers yeah. expect them to. Yeah, it's uh, the expectation. Like, they're not... And I think a lot of employers would not admit that. Mm-hmm. But I get it's not, that's not the point. The point is the employees feel yeah. that they are, if they didn't reply, that that's like a, a mark against their record or a kind of like, this person's not dedicated enough because they didn't reply to my email when they're on annual leave. Yeah, and you know, they, I think the average was nine and a half days of leave left at the end of a year for these employees. It's over a thousand people surveyed. Um, In the US. I mean... Yeah. I think the US historically has got a bit of an issue with holidays, doesn't it? Yeah. They have a mu- quite a low entitlement and they clearly, there's obviously a generalisation, but the gist you get from these kind of surveys is that they're not encouraged mm-hmm. to take all of their leave. And I think uh, Qualtrics made a really good point, uh, it's Benjamin Granger, and he was saying how it's not, it's not only essential for their sort of mental well-being to, for employees to have a break, but also productivity and retention because you do, you need to feel like you can escape work. I think otherwise you have maybe more emotional. I'm leaving work because I am so sick and t- you know and yeah. Um, I think it's really important to just support employees for your own retention, but also for your own feedback loop because you might not be terrible mm. at you know everything, but it may come out that way if you've just had someone who's like I haven't really had a proper day off. 
yeah. in six months, you know, or, or something like that. 100%. I remember one of the first pieces I wrote for Unleashed back when I started last March was with Dropbox. Mm-hmm. And I remember there we were talking about this because obviously in the pandemic you would have to take your leave but you couldn't go anywhere which makes it even harder to switch off because you're literally just sat in your room or in your living room where your desk is so the whole situation is even worse because especially if you were having to take leave when you know in actual lockdown you can't even really go outside Mm -hmm. even travel within your own country or your own city and I remember she said they use this thing I think it's with Workday where they can do like an out of office where it blocks them from their emails. So when they like are on annual leave, they can go, they will, then it will not let them log into their emails. Mm -hmm. I mean, you still have the possibility that people message you on LinkedIn or on WhatsApp, but I think that stops employees checking, which is almost the problem, isn't it? Once you've checked, then you're like, oh, I'll just deal with this now. Mm -hmm. And then suddenly you're like six emails deep. Yeah, yeah. And then you've done two hours of work. Whereas if you can't check, because that's my, that's definitely my problem. Whenever I take leaves, I'll just be like, I'll just check Teams or I'll just check my emails just to like, yeah, in case, because I had a feature come out and just in case, even though you've got the out of office on, they know to contact you or you and John and yeah, yeah. it's all going to be fine. The world's not going to end if I take a day off. But if you can't check it at all, mm-hmm. I think that, I think that would, I personally, that would stop me that would definitely stop me working on holiday, which I need to address because it's just... It's tough. It's tough. I mean, it's just so... You know, we talk about this, like, you're not just living... You're not working from home. You're kind of living at work. Yeah. And even when you're working in the office, it still feels like work is kind of over... Overshadows it. Yeah. I think this story and is a really good one for... For anyone who's considering taking a holiday, or even those people who are like playing Elden Ring have taken a week off work right now, mm. there's a lot of them. I promise you <laughs> that you know if if you're committed to the week off, if you're in your own fantasy world within your home or actually away, I think setting those boundaries is really important on your side. But the employer needs to understand why you're setting those boundaries and, and respect them as well. Yeah, definitely. It all comes down to managers. It all comes down to managers. You know encouraging people to take time off when they're burnt out when they're clearly struggling but also then respecting the boundary i think that's the that's the takeaway isn't it it's always and sometimes that does have to come from employees maybe you need to say to your manager like look i'm taking leave i need a break i'm really struggling i'll see you in a week Mm -hmm. and just be like and then but but the manager does need to respect it and there's clearly a shift in mentality that needs to come there yeah and i think on that note we should take a four week holiday and we'll catch up on future of work <laughs> no we'll, re- we'll report back if we yeah, don't reply yeah. to any emails for a while then you know what we're doing yeah exactly <laughs> but no i think um i think that's a really important piece and it's it's a nice a nice one to have some data behind it because i think it's a feeling for a lot of people but yeah definitely well thank you so much for listening to the latest future of work focus for unleash cast Hope you enjoyed the discussion and I'm sure we will speak to you soon. Bye. Bye.